The Adventure of the Forest of Cedars. The text of this episode is much damaged in both the Akkadian and the Babylonian series. Rather than indicating the frequent gaps and ambiguities, the text is reconstructed from the best sources, including the more ancient Sumerian. Much is conjectural and given some poetic license. The Sumerian, rather than the Akkadian, contains more details, and so the temper of the story reflects its more archaic tone. The tale begins at the last column of Tablet 2, continues through Tablet 3, Tablet 4, and concludes on Tablet 5. Gilgamesh speaks to Enkidu. In Uruk, people are dying. People are suffering. I lean out over the city wall. Bodies in the water almost make the river overflow. That is what I see. No one is tall to heaven. No one is large to the land. No one fights back the rising grasp of his own grave. I see this in my father and my mother. I see this in my own God, Ea. I want to go to the mountains of cedar felling, to give my name renown if I can. If I fail, I will give renown to the gods. And Kaido answered him, My lord, if today you go to the mountains of cedar felling, Shamash should be told. The mountains of cedar felling belong to Shamash. Gilgamesh made a sacrifice. He clasped a white kid to himself. He held a sacred instrument and he spoke to Shamash. Shamash, I am going into the mountains of cedar felling. Help me to go. From heaven, Shamash replied to him, Young man, you are already fortunate and well-blessed. What would you want with the mountains? Shamash in Uruk, people are dying. People are suffering. I lean out over the city wall. Bodies in the water almost make the river overflow. That is what I see. No one is tall to heaven. No one is large to the land. No one fights back the rising grasp of his own grave. I want to go to the mountains of cedar felling to give my name renown if I can. If I fail, I will give renown to the gods. Gilgamesh found in Kaidu in distress, weeping as someone in mourning, shuddering as someone in terror. 
He looked tormented and with some dread, and his eyes were filled with tears. Gilgamesh lowered his face and said to Enkaidu, Why are your eyes filled with tears? Why are you so tormented? Enkaidu made his voice heard and spoke to Gilgamesh, Howls of grief, my friend. Grief agonizes me, my face distraught. My arms feel feeble, my body feels weak. I know this place you seek. I know this Humbaba you seek. Elil has destined him to rule the cedar forests, to terrify those who enter them. All those who enter them are seized with a sickness unto death. Their life is slowly removed from them. Gilgamesh did not reply. Enkaidu could not change his mind. But Enkaidu continued, His voice is the rushing flood, his breath is unearthly fire, and brings a burning to death. He hears keenly all who come into his forest. He can hear travelers who are on the edge of his forest, who are yet twenty days away from him. So who can approach him unawares? I know him, Gilgamesh. When I lived in the open country, when I went to the mountains with the other animals, I went into that dark forest. His voice was a rushing flood. His breath was pure fire. Why do you want this? Humbaba's home is impossible for us. Gilgamesh made his voice heard, and he spoke to Enkayu. My friend, I want to go. You should come with me. We shall go to the forest of Humbaba, take our axes, and take from him his fragrant cedar for our roof beams and our doorposts and lintels. If we must, we shall kill Humbaba. And Kaidu made his voice heard and spoke to Gilgamesh. How can we go to the cedar forest? Humbaba never sleeps. He's guardian to the forest. His seven terrors keep the forest protected from men. Gilgamesh made his voice heard and spoke. Who can go up to heaven, my friend? Only gods dwell with Shamash forever. Mankind can number his days. Whatever he achieves, it is only wind. Are you afraid to die? Where is your courage? I will go in front of you, and your voice behind me will shout out, Don't be afraid, I am here. If I should die, I will have won fame. People will say, Gilgamesh fought ferocious Humbaba. He was born to be great. But you, you grew up in the open country. When a lion sprang at you, you took him in combat. You have said so to me. It makes me jealous to think of it. Come, my friend. We will go and take down those cedars, and our fame will last forever. Let's go to the forge and cast those axes now. They sat afterwards with their new weapons and admired them. They made double-headed axes, as warriors use, and narrow-headed axes, as carpenters use. The warrior axe weighed one whole talent of bronze to each. The swords that were made for them weighed one whole talent of bronze to each. Their belts were fitted to hold them, and the sheaths for each sword weighed one whole talent of bronze each. 
Gilgamesh and Enkaidu went to the assembly of the young men to reassure them, for they had heard all over the city what Gilgamesh meant to do. Gilgamesh spoke to the young men. Listen to me, my comrades. You who know me as a fellow warrior, you know that I am adamant. I shall take the road to Humbaba. I shall face the unknown. I shall take the unknown path. Give me your blessing. It will be so. I will return in time. I will come to the city gate, and I will enter in time to celebrate the New Year festival, and will take your oaths and give my own. Joy will resound. There will be shouts of joy ringing from Miana, the house of the sky. Gilgamesh and Enkaidu went to the assembly of the old men to reassure them, for they had heard about what Gilgamesh had meant to do. Enkaidu spoke to the old men. The young men of Uruk tell him not to go to the cedar forest, where Humbaba lives and protects the forest. They tell him that this is a journey not to be undertaken. The great counselors of Uruk stood up and gave their opinion to Gilgamesh. You are still young, Gilgamesh. You are impetuous. You are brave, but you do not know what you will find there. Humbaba, whose voice is rushing flood, whose breath is deadly fire, he can hear men coming to him who are more than twenty days away. Whoever goes down into his forest is made sick unto death. The life of them is slowly taken away. Elil destined him to keep the forest. Who even among his own generation of gods can face him? Gilgamesh listened to the counselors, and he reassured them. You know me as your king. You know that I am adamant. I shall take the road to Humbaba. I shall face the unknown. I shall take the unknown path. Give me your blessing. I will return. I will come to the city gate, and I will enter in time to celebrate the New Year festival. And there I will take your oaths and give my own. Joy will resound. There will be shouts of joy ringing from Iana, the house of the sky. The counselors replied, Do not trust entirely in your own strength, Gilgamesh. Stalk him carefully. Take aim of him carefully. Make your first blow take him. Let Enkaidu go in front of you as you travel. He who leads the way will save the comrade. He knows the forest. He will guard his friend. He can watch over the fight and instruct your combat. Let Enkaidu guide his friend, keep his comrade safe. Let him bring his friend back to be the bridegroom of our goddess, so that we in our assembly may rely on our king, and so that you as our king may rely on us. Gilgamesh made his voice heard and spoke to Enkaidu. Come, my friend, we will go to the temple to see Ninsan, our mother, who is wise, all-knowing. She understands these things. She will tell us what the gods think of this. They held hands as they walked and went to the temple. The two went up the many leveled staircases into the dwellings of the temple. They entered into her presence, and Gilgamesh stood before her and spoke. Ninsan, I am adamant. 
I will take the path across the distances to where Humbaba lives. I will face the unknown. I will take the unknown road until I have reached that cedar forest. And if I must, I will purge from that place that sickness unto death, that evil of the forest that Shamash hates. Ninsen listened carefully to her son and then entered her private chamber and bathed and prepared herself with ablutions and put on the ceremonial garment, the adornments, the two-faced pins upon the breast and her headdress and went to the roof of the temple. She came before Shamash and made the smoke offering, made a certain sacred offering prescribed for that and raised her arms and asked, why have you given my son Gilgamesh a heart and mind so restless? Why do you choose him for this? You have influenced him, and now he will take the distant path to where Humbaba lives. He faces the unknown. He will take the unknown road until he travels a long distance and comes to the cedar forest at last, and then he will kill the ferocious Humbaba and purge the forest of its demon and of that sickness which you hate. Keep him, Shamash. Let Aya, your wife, the daughter-in-law, not be so afraid of you that she will not protect him. Trust the watchmen of the night to protect him. Gilgamesh, who had stood aside, now extinguished the smoke sacrifice. He called to Enkaido and gave him his decision. Enkaido, you are a strong man. Although you are not of the same womb as I, you are my kin in strength. Your offspring will be dedicated to Shamash in remembrance of these oblations to Shamash. Priestess, devotee, and votaress, Shamash has placed this burden upon Enkaidu. Enkaidu will take a wife from the gods and will bring up daughters of the gods. Ninsan addressed Enkaidu. Let Enkaidu guard the friend. Let him keep the comrade safe. Let him bring him back safely for the brides of the new year, so that our assembly may rely again upon him as king, and he in turn may rely upon us. But Enkaidu was not persuaded, and protested still to Gilgamesh. My friend, turn away from this journey. I know this forest you seek. All those who enter them are seized with a sickness unto death. Their life is slowly removed from them. I know this Humbaba you seek. I have seen him, Gilgamesh. His voice is a rushing flood. His breath is unearthly fire. Why do you want this? Gilgamesh replied, so disturbed by the reluctance of his friend that he had tears of emotion. In Kaidu, shall I live here never to have made the journey my God calls me to make? Because I am afraid to die? Will I live forever in security anyway? Will I never die? I shall go in Kaidu. Shamash wants this of me. This will be done. I will be the one to do it. Go with me and bring me back safely in Kaidu. With Shamash, with you, I shall be protected. 
So the two prepared at last, taking up the double-headed axes, each of which weighed one whole talent, and the axe of the builder to topple and hew the huge cedars, and the great bronze swords in their bronze sheaths, each of which weighed one whole talent. At last they went before the elders, the great counselors, and they were blessed by them, took advice from them for their journey. Make sure there is always water in your water skin, said one. And another said, Keep your eyes sharp and guard yourself well. They reminded him to keep the god close to him. Dig a pit when you stop for the night. Make oblations to Shamash. You must libate cool water for Shamash. You must recall your father's name, too. And they counseled him to keep Enkaidu close to him. Do not rely on your own strength, Gilgamesh. Let Enkaidu walk ahead of you to watch the paths and keep the road. He knows the entrances and ways of the forest and every trick of Humbaba. In the lead he will keep his friend safe. He will guard you, and Shamash will let you win your combat. And so they were blessed by the elders at last, who said, May your eyes gain the experience of your mouth's utterance. May he open up the closed path for you. May he prepare the way for your track. May he prepare the mountain for your feet. May he bring you the things that please you at night. May Lugobanda, your father, stand beside you at your combat, win as easily as children win. Afterwards, may you wash your feet in the river of Humbaba. The young men also wished them well, and when they left, the young man called after, Go, Gilgamesh, and may your God go with you. Thank you.